Live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves, coming at you live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Happy Friday to you, TGIF, 7.02 a.m., March 1st, one of the greatest months of the year. Definitely a top 10 month, for sure. John Reed. Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard, here kicking off your Friday morning. Bob, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Good morning. We are uh, fighting a little battle at the house. Um, You might be able to relate. We have a sick dog, we think. And nothing much worse than that because the only way we're finding out is – that, that they're sick they they you know he was she was a little sluggish but then uh it's when they do their business and i'll leave it at that and um i think we might have to get her into the vet today because uh we've pulled her food and everything else just kind of a bummer because they can't communicate with you yeah yeah you just know something's up though yeah yeah it's tough it's one of the worst things uh have, have there been any early morning throw-ups in the middle of the night, that, that's always one of the worst when the when old Frank hops off the bed and you hear him start dry heaving. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, oh, God, Frank, no, please. No, but uh, shout-out to my my wife, Miss Sue, who uh, took old Trudy out three times overnight. Shout-out to Sue. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough. And I didn't hear it. That's part of it. She's a light lighter sleeper, but, you know, I think – I think Trudy was letting her know need to get out there. So, uh, yeah. I keep convincing myself yesterday, like, I think it's okay. I think she's almost through it, but apparently not. So we might have to get her over to see uh, see a little vet action today. But, I mean, her spirits seem fine. She seems happy enough, but a little tough to watch. Well, that's a bad start to your weekend. Sam, what about you? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm doing all right. A little tired this morning, I feel like, but I think that's just kind of the weather. I think that's the pitter-patter of the rain. I think I'm uh, looking for a good weekend. Got my uh, my dad's coming in town, so I'll see him a little bit. Oh, shout out to Pops. Yeah, yeah. When I tell you that March is a top 10 month, do you agree or disagree? I agree. I, mean, I think it's pretty easy to get into the top 10. We're a show of hot takes. Yeah. We're a show of hot takes here. When I say March is a top 10 month, there might be some people driving around their car going, whoa, 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 what? Top like 10? Top three. Well, top three is in the top 10. I mean, I've always been partial to it as my birth month. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed it. Same. School, I always thought it was a cool month because of, like, spring break. It was something to look forward to. Of course, March Madness. Spring training. 
I never really did anything for me. <laughs> You're a spring training guy? A little bit, yeah. Really? Yeah. I definitely am. Really? Yes. Like, when, when you say that, you mean, like, you've always been or, like, since you, like, travel to the area and, like, take it in and it's gotten better as you've gotten older? Because for you to say that, not that surprising. Beach House Bob down there, like, going to spring training, not not that surprising. Sam, you being a college student <laughs> saying you've always loved spring training, a little bit surprising. Just, like, seeing some of the prospects out, like the big-name guys. You saw, I think yesterday, it was like Paul Skeens and Jackson Holiday were going at it. Like, I, I like seeing that kind of stuff. Number one pick versus number one pick. Yeah, maybe I've just been in a hole somewhere. Maybe I don't pay attention, but I thought that was a little surprising. I mean, I guess, are they both going to be day one call-ups? Uh, no, I doubt it. I think that's just kind of like see, I don't ever really they're the biggest-name prospects kind of in their system, so they play down spring training with well, them. See, I don't, I don't ever really think of spring training as having the prospects up there. I've never really considered that. Normally it's kind of the guys that are like on the cusp of like maybe get into the MLB roster at some point in the season, okay. and then kind of the other minor league guys are you know still down there in Florida or whatever, but okay. are not really at the major league site. Yeah, I don't, I don't keep up with it close enough to know, but I was surprised – I was like, well, maybe Skeens is just a day one guy, and I was like, that'd be surprising too. But you know, because the whole service clock thing and yeah, everything, you know, you don't usually tricky. you don't usually have those guys up until uh, after sixty days or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, um, now Jackson Holiday, he's going to be in year what two or three? I mean, he's been out of college for a couple of years, right? Well, yeah, he went out of high school. Okay, he was the number one pick out of high school. I think this is his second. His, yeah, I think this is second. Year. Oh, okay, this isn't the Holiday that was at Oklahoma State. No, 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 no. This okay. is Matt Holiday. Yeah, this is so. Matt Holiday's son. Well, so was the guy at Oklahoma State, though, right? I don't think so. Because Matt Holiday, I thought Matt Holiday was coaching at Oklahoma State. I thought the Holiday brothers coached Oklahoma State. I know he uh, – I just know he went from high school. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, I want to say they had also like a – He might have been committed to Oklahoma State, maybe. No, well, maybe, I guess. But for some reason, I thought there was a Holiday brother that was playing at Oklahoma State, too, a couple years ago that was batting like almost 500 for a while. But – Maybe that was high school. Maybe I am conflating the two. He was committed to play at Oklahoma State, yeah. Okay. And then <coughs> I'm pretty sure the brother and then Matt, off. the uncle, were coaching there as well, if I remember correctly. But maybe that there's only one kid. Never mind. But all right, that checks out. Not ever really been a spring training guy. Can't really add that to my list of reasons I love March. So the weather warming up a little bit. It's been nice. Although also you have a <coughs> blizzard in March's history. I remember that from my childhood, which is also kind of cool. You're uh, just doing a little research. You're correct. Jackson Holiday's younger brother, Ethan Holiday, is committed to playing at Oklahoma State. But he's only 17. So, well, no, but Jackson never played at Oklahoma State. No, then no, I'm, I'm not right because I thought I remembered a guy actually being at Oklahoma State. But I know the uncle and brother are there as their coaches, or at least they were. But I'm trying to. Why the hell is watching an Oklahoma State baseball game? I don't know. Anyways, okay. now, now you can add, you know, SEC baseball getting started at the end of the month. You could add that to the list sure. of reasons March yeah. is cool. Like, that, to me, is cooler than spring training. Although, I will say, hearing the, the bats popping on that commercial about Brave spring training, it, it does get me a little excited now. I don't know if I'll be a day one baseball guy. This year or not, give it a try in Major League Baseball. Having the Braves, now I can officially uh, have a reason to hop on the bandwagon. Okay. You're just going to get off the Reds bandwagon? 
Well, there's no bandwagon when your team's not very good. So. Oh, they're getting good. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I don't think it's good enough to have a bandwagon yet. You got sure. you need to be a playoff team be before early. you have a bandwagon. You'd be driving the bandwagon. Yeah, I got I got front row seats. No, I mean, it's just I I watched a lot of them last year actually. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of them last year actually because you I, you know with at least with Spectrum locally you get Braves games and Reds games yeah. frequently on weeknights. So I would watch. I did get excited about some of the young prospects coming up and and all of that, but it's just such a long season and. Ends with disappointment, usually. True. I've talked about it before, but, I mean, I really just – I think it was like 2012 year, maybe, maybe 12 or 13, but I watched basically – I would say I have the 162 games. I'd say I watched at least like 130. Kept up with the others, like, and, and kept up with the scores and stuff and got all the way to the playoffs and won the first two games in San Francisco because they were doing the weird thing, like the home team mm. is going on the road to start, then you yeah, get three at home. Mean. Yep. Won the first two in San Francisco. I was like, here we go, baby. And then <laughs> lost three in a row in Cincinnati. I was like, all right, that's it. I was like, I'm not keeping up with baseball ever again. That was a five-month investment just to have it end in a bad three-game stretch. I was like, that's it. No more for me. It is a long buildup for a quick a quick heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I'm good. Yeah. And especially now, like, it made a, the, the playoff series, the first one's a three-game series. And if I was an Orioles fan, I don't know how you get out of bed. And try to get back in this baseball swing. You won 100 games last year. You're like, okay, this is it. And then you're swept in a three-game playoff series, and you're out of there. No thank you. No thank you. So, like, I don't know if if baseball people like the new playoffs. I don't know if they want it to be best of seven from the get-go. All I know is they lost me as a diehard. And that was a five-game series. I was like, I'm good. No more. No mas. No mas. Anything interesting last night for you, Bob, other than a sick dog? No, not really. Uh, just uh, kind of hung out, looked at uh, my daughter's uh, playbill for her uh, her little play starts uh, this uh, this weekend. Starts tonight. She's got three shows, and then it's over. So, uh, but it was cool seeing they did they're, they're doing the whole deal like. You know, a real program, like a legitimate glossy program, you know, that they're going to hand out to people, which I think is kind of cool, kind of neat for kids that age. Feels big time. It's got everybody's name and their <laughs> roles and everything. Yeah. That's cool. She's just on crew, but yeah, she's got friends who are on in roles, and it talks a little bit about what else they've done while at school. And She's cool. going to keep it, like, up in her mirror. I'm picturing it, like, in her mirror, like, somewhere pinned. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, but... <laughs> maybe a fridge, scrapbook or something. But you could tell she was Keep definitely, safe. when we picked her up, you know, she was like, hey, I got, I got they gave me my uh, playbill. You know, you want to see it? And I was like, yeah, when I'm not driving, sure. Uh, when I'm not driving and missing the game, <laughs> don't talk to me about this damn play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam, anything interesting for you last night? Um, Honestly, no. I had a super boring day. What a boring, I hate, I what really a boring crew. It. I know. I really hate to say it. It caught me a little nap ski around noon or one. I was tired from the game. Uh, it got me a nap from like 1130 the to like one. The game kicked my ass yesterday. Yeah, I never really recovered. Yeah. I, I watched bad basketball last night. I I kind of got sucked back into the Hawks a little bit watching. Not that they're going to make a run without Trey, but I was like, okay, I'm interested. They had won their first two games. so I, was, I actually was looking forward to watching them play the Nets all day yesterday. They got absolutely killed by a terrible Nets team. So I was like, okay, never mind. Never Did mind. they really? Yeah, yeah, they got killed in Brooklyn. I was like, okay. Because I was like, you know, I, I was 
coming off the high of Dalton Connect. I was like, okay, let's watch this Jalen Johnson guy. He's he's looking good. He he's gonna get the reins. And I find myself just mad every possession that I gave, giving him the ball. And they got killed. I was like, oh yeah, I still hate Dejounte Murray. I'm tired of watching Clint Capella. So my Thursday night was ruined by them <laughs> just watching that. Yeah. Watch a little TV outside of that, and here we are on Friday, wrapping up the week. I listened uh, to a little bit of our our uh, fan-run brethren yesterday. I listened to the drive, as I do sometimes when I'm out running around, and uh, was struck by a couple callers who still want to wax poetic about Bruce Pearl. It's like, are you kidding me? And, and hats off to Russell. He got them flushed pretty quickly. Um, it's like unbelievable, man. Just let it go. Just like what we were saying yesterday. Got to move on. You've been rolled up by a couple callers. You've yeah. been thinking about them for 20 hours now in their takes. Really? Yeah. I just, Bruce Pearl? He got out coached, man. Wednesday night for my money. It's like, let it go. Did he get out coached? Yes. I think he did. I'm not defending him or saying one way or the other, but like I didn't come out of that game on, on Wednesday night. I, I didn't come out of it thinking about the coaches at all, really, outside of Bruce getting a technical, and maybe by default, if you get a technical and lose your team a point in a in a two-point game, maybe that's a, a big red X. But, like, I just thought one team had Dalton connect and the other didn't. Well, that yeah, obviously a big difference there. But, you know, Bruce, we knew that Auburn would throw a lot at Tennessee, and I think they did. But, you know, even with, you know, the connect factor, I just felt like made as many of the right choices as possible. I, I just – Maybe I'm just really, really over Bruce. I don't know. I'm not going to act like I was paying attention to the schematic things. That's one of the things you lose when you go to the game versus watching at home. Watching at home, you pick up on details a little bit better. Except, you know, you can see some, like, sideline stuff and stuff they don't show on TV. But got to be honest, when I go to a big game, I'm there to, like, yell and have fun. I'm not there to, like, break it down and try to give you an ins and outs take. Maybe Rick Barnes did outcoach Bruce, and you know he did touch the touch the right buttons when it came to certain rotations and magic foul trouble. We gave him credit for that yesterday. But when I thought of the game, I was just like, one team had Dalton connect and the other didn't. And if Dalton doesn't catch fire and and doesn't just start shooting fireballs out of his hands, <laughs> and Tennessee loses, you might say Bruce outcoached Rick just because of wow, look at the turnaround in the second half. Look at the second half adjustments. Whenever they were down nine, and then they got up eight, and look, they won. And you always hear coaches say, more so in the NBA, but the coaches would be like, hey, it's just a make or miss league. Like, we could do certain things, but it comes down to whether or not our players make shots. I know college is a little bit different, but it does still come, feel like it comes down to can your players make plays. Did you happen to see the Tennessee Athletics video that they put out on Connect, like the video game thing? The NBA Jam, the NBA was, Connect is it was their shooting version. fires out. Yeah, yeah, it was their version of NBA Jam. I thought it was pretty cease awesome. and assist. Somebody at I don't know who made is it Viacom. I'm trying to think if that's the what what the name of the company was that used to flash on there before that old game. Maybe I just completely made that up with Viacom. But somebody is sitting back thinking cease and assist. You're stealing our intellectual property. But it was really cool. I mean, the, the bit. And then the Rocky Top at the end. Whoever did that video yeah. uh, deserves a pat on the back. And then a kick in the ass to do it again on Saturday. That's what Coach G-Rex said. Uh, <laughs> G-Rex Pops said, give, give yourself a pat on the back and then a kick in the ass to get ready. <laughs> 
get back to work. Start thinking of things to do after a big win on Saturday. I'm going to steal that phrase from Papa Polinski. Well, there's your opening conversation. We'll dive into Tennessee, Alabama, college basketball. We'll look at some big sports stories that are happening right now. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Good morning. A steady flow of traffic right now coming over Jellicoe Mountain. For March Madness, intense March basketball. It's going to feel like a championship game on Saturday night inside Tuscaloosa. What's the name of the center there? Coleman. 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 Coleman Coliseum. Coliseum or Auditorium, I don't know. One of the two. Coleman Auditorium sounds better probably. It's going to feel like championship basketball there. On Saturday night, I was looking at tickets last night. I was thinking about driving down, but I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, but I was at least considering it. Didn't have anybody, any friends to go with. Sam, you can relate, right? You said go alone to things, right? Well, it's a little different as a student. No, no, no. What do you mean? Going on the road is a little different. No, no, I don't I don't no, think no. I would go on a road trip by myself to, to watch – you, you got to be careful in enemy territory. So you're just going to watch it alone in front of your TV with your dinner? I'm not talking about my hungry man tray or <laughs> fixing me a nice dinner. I, I don't know what I'll do, Sam, but I do think it's a little different to be my age and go on the road by yourself versus you being a college student afraid to go to the student section I'm not by afraid yourself. to go to the student section. I need somebody to sit with. <laughs> I need somebody to talk did you, to. Did you go to basketball out. games alone, John? No, I never really did, actually. But I didn't go to many basketball games. We weren't very good. Like I, I and plus I didn't really like waiting in line. So like, there I agree. Would, yeah, there there would be times I would go, but it was always, you know, it would be like this time of year. I, I didn't go to a lot of regular season Conzo games. Like I would have gone by myself if I had to to like the the Auburn game, sure. a top ten match or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have gone to like when I was trying to guilt you into LSU and Texas A and M games. I one hundred percent would not have been there for that. However, we also didn't have Dalton Connect in a yeah, top five no. team. We were we were a bubble team at best, or you know. You know, I wasn't – we were in a bubble team for a lot of those years. I mean, Conzo, first year was nowhere clear, close to the bubble. Second year, you, you kind of got hot down the stretch. But I went to, like, the Missouri and Vanderbilt game, like, that year at the end. Waiting two hours for seats just sucks. Yeah. My friends used to do it all the time. They were more vaulted up than I was, but they were they were always go kind of camp out. and. We actually saw Rick Barnes before we get going. We saw Rick Barnes, like, he pulled in yet uh, on Wednesday, and, like, he pulled into his little spot, and we were waiting there, and – my buddy just goes, is that Rick Barnes? And he just goes, how about it, Rick? And he just, like, gives him a little a little wave. He's like, what's up, guys? <laughs> how about it's a good phrase. I like <laughs> yeah, that. I know. It's so funny. You know what's underrated, in my opinion? This could be a, do a little mini overrated, underrated, but I think this one's underrated. You got me thinking about it. Every once in a while, I like to go, like, have lunch so, solo. Oh, no, yeah. Love it, actually. Every once in a while. You don't want to do it all the time, but, uh, you know, bring your phone. It used to be a newspaper. Just kind of, you know, it's your time. So I, I have no issue doing that alone. I'll sometimes go get dinner by myself, too. That yeah. one's a little bit less frequent. But I, I have no issue eating by myself, especially if you go sit at a bar at, for dinner. That's a little bit different. I go to the movies by myself all the time. Yeah, I, I, I go to the before. movies probably 85% of the time by myself. That's relaxing, I bet, yeah. When, that, that's what I do when I have a bad day, because I, I pay for the Regal Unlimited Pass, so twenty dollars oh, yeah, a month. Cheap. Yeah, and 
And I actually made the dumbest mistake. Maybe if someone was with me, I wouldn't have made this mistake, but Regal got me. They they started selling these these year-long things, right? You buy a year-long popcorn and a year-long cup, and you get yeah. and you get like $10 refills. And I went the other night to the movies, and then I threw them away when I walked out. Like, by habit, you throw your stuff away. So I threw my, my $30 popcorn <laughs> and Coke away, and I got home, and I was like, oh, no, what have I done? And I was like, do I drive back and just get it out of the trash? It's like, no, I can't do that. So can't I was like, the guy rummaging through the trash. Through. I was like, do I beg them at the front and be like, look, guys, can I just have another one? And I was like, do I just pay the extra $30? I don't know. But Surely they got you in the system, right? That's a good question. Maybe. Maybe. But then you'll get to a whole thing of, well, he could have given it away to somebody. So I, <laughs> and, and usually, like, I'm not going to go ask the, the 17 or 18-year-old working, like, hey, can you, can you look me up in the system to see and verify? Although you know I'm 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 there quite a bit, they do maybe know me. I'm not I'm not the one guy. I talked about when I went to see. Maybe it was Iron Claw. I was sitting next to a guy and he was saying it was like his two hundred like twentieth movie of the year or something crazy like that. Or maybe it was his hundred ninetieth movie. He was trying to get to two hundred. That's what Goodness. it was. It was his hundred ninetieth movie of the year. He's like, I gotta get ten more this year to get to two hundred. That's my goal. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I was like, I thought I went to a lot of movies. I, I went to like fifty last year. Touch some grass at 200. <laughs> Every time I'm there now, I see him there. <laughs> He's there all the time. But going to the movies alone, I like. Lunch, I like. Basketball, I don't know. Basketball, I don't know. I haven't gotten to that level yet of, of comfort. Do they do anything now as students, like sleepovers? Camp out like inside out the stadium? Games? No, I don't no, no so. I mean like inside the actual arena. Because that was something Bruce did while oh, – I, I think know. this was before I was actually at UT. I think I was at – Either MTSU or community college before I transferred in. But I remember my friends like sleeping over before a big Saturday game, and like Bruce would bring pizza and they'd do like a basically a camp out inside of. No, I didn't know that. I've I've not heard of that. Okay. Um, I didn't think I'd seen that recently. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe people realize that was just weird. Just make them wait outside. Yeah. I mean, people do like they get out there like waiting early in the morning. Like they'll get out there probably four a.m. maybe for a big game. But I don't think anyone's camping inside the place. The, That's the, pretty cool. The Kentucky game's at four. What time do we think people start getting lined up for Kentucky? What time do you plan on getting lined up for Kentucky? Um, Senior day. Um, yeah, I'll probably try and get there at like one or two, maybe. I mean, they don't open the student gates until an hour and a half before the game starts. So, so you're like, just going to roll up so 30 minutes have, before? Yeah, I mean, I have to either just wait in the line and sit outside before, like, the hour and a half happens or basically just – or I could just time it and roll into the stadium as soon as the gates open and just hope I can cut the line because there was mob mentality for the Auburn game. They opened the gates and everyone just started running. Are there – a limited amount of numbers that you can go down, or do they like? Are they like actually keeping up with it, or is it just like you go down? There's yeah, no seats. You're I think there's to a, come back up. I think there's a clicker counter on how many people can go to that bottom section that are like right behind the basket. Yeah. But like I said, I wanted to get the actual seats that are just above that, so you can kind of get yeah. a little bit of ankle above the court. I was gonna say, if worse comes to worse, you should be able to just go down and be like, "Oh, I just came up." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be like, "Oh, I just left. I went to the bathroom. You're not going back in." <laughs> they might give you like a wristband or something. I'm oh. not sure. Okay. I don't I don't like those seats because I can't see the whole court. Yeah, I'm just saying if worse comes to worse, yeah. you don't get those lower levels. Because, I mean, it is championship time, and, you, you know, the the next home game is one of, if not the biggest of the year. You know, For sure. There's chances it's the clear-cut biggest of the year. There's also a chance that you have it kind of wrapped up whenever you get there or you're eliminated. I mean, I guess that's a possibility as well. Tennessee, Alabama, very big, obviously. Show of hot takes. The Tennessee-Alabama game, big. 
for the SEC championship and Tennessee's one seed opportunities tomorrow. How you feeling about the game, Bob? <sighs> I I think it's a tough one. I definitely think it's a tough one. There's there's all sorts of factors that lead me to believe Tennessee could be just fine. I really I think so. Just the way they play defense, the way Alabama doesn't play defense. That said, Tennessee ran them out earlier this season here in Knoxville, as we well know. They've won two in a row against Alabama. This game means a lot to both teams. I just have a feeling Alabama's going to be – their fans are going to be jacked up. Coleman's a tough place. It's not a very big, big uh, whatever it is, gym, arena, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's <clears> – <throat> without a doubt, I think it's the hardest game of the three they've got. You know, there's, there's some thought that South Carolina on the road could still be tough, and I think it will be, but I think this tomorrow is out of the remaining three games – because with Kentucky, I think that's a tough game, but you're at home. Um, I, I do think this is, as I've been saying all week, this is the one that worries me the most. I just keep coming back to the matchup. And going on the road is going to be tough, and, and you know there's a chance they catch fire. But we talked about it with Polinski yesterday, but like whenever, you, whenever you're a team that doesn't play defense, I think you're just susceptible to – to finding yourselves in, in shootouts or finding yourself in, in high-variance games. Whenever you don't actually defend, you're just getting as many possessions as possible, and you're going up against an offense like Tennessee. Like, it's one thing to go out there against Ole Miss and not play defense because they don't have a Dalton Connect, they don't have a Zakai Ziegler, they don't have a Jonas Adu. Hell, they don't even have a Santiago Vescovi. Like, I don't know if that's a, if that's a hot take, but I feel like Vescovi or James, your four, fourth or fifth best players, would they be Ole Miss's best player, or at least their second best player? Second know. best, maybe. Yeah, I don't know about that. Aaron Estrada, see what he did the other night? Triple double. He didn't do much against Tennessee and Knoxville, but he's always been someone that's gotten a lot of hype, and maybe he's starting to play now. Um, the only other kid I can think of is maybe that like Matt Morell kid, who's their guard. But either one of those dropped twenty six and up. Nah, I mean. Or what Josiah dropping Rupp? I think twenty six might have been NC State. Or did he have twenty six at Rupp too? I think he did. Uh, you talking about? I was talking about second best player for Alabama. Oh no, I'm talking about for Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. no, I know that, but I, I thought you were doing a comparison with. Oh no, no, no I'm saying Ole Miss is. He's, I'm saying Ole Miss Ole isn't Miss. good. Is my point? Right. I'm, oh, no, I'm, I'm saying that. Tennessee's fifth, fourth or fifth best player would be the best or second best player on Ole Miss. Is what I was getting at because because oh, okay. Alabama was able to defend them. Was my point? No, Alabama. Alabama's good. Alabama's got good players. I wouldn't say our fourth or fifth best players. They're, they're second. No, no, no. I was talking about Ole Miss because, I just think whenever you play defense like Alabama does, you let every team hang around. And Ole Miss wasn't good enough to capitalize I on that. Okay, I follow you now. So like Tennessee going to Alabama on the road, that's going to be tough. But I, I think Tennessee has proven that they can go on the road and win these games. You know, I know the Wisconsin win is aging as well as it was at one point, but you went on there, you beat a pretty good team. That gave me some confidence to go inside Rupp Arena. And then going inside Rupp Arena and and beating Alabama, or excuse me, beating Kentucky the way you beat Kentucky, something Alabama was unable to do, that gives me confidence for this game on Saturday as well. Now, I understand, you know, Kentucky, not an elite team, 
they haven't been an elite home team either. They've given up, you know, some games at home. But I also think the atmosphere and the stage is going to be comparable to what Tennessee's going to walk into tomorrow. Rupp Arena's loud. Rupp Arena, you know, seats 20,000 people in it. That crowd was good. I remember them trying to will their team to, to get some stops and try to play some defense. The players just didn't oblige them. But, like, I, I'm not necessarily worried about the atmosphere. Maybe that's going to be naive. Maybe that's going to age very poorly whenever the guys look shell-shocked on Saturday night out the gate. Maybe. But I think with these veterans and, and the leadership and the, the seniority – I have no real worries about going on the road. I don't want to compare it to, like, the Memphis game from 08. But when you had, like, some senior guards and you had Lofton, you had Jawan, and they're like, hey, we're going to go in there and we're not going to be scared of the moment. And we're going to go into an NBA arena and we're going to go out there and we're going to get it done. Like, is this the biggest regular season game since then? On paper? When you look at the stakes, and I know there was no conference championship or anything on the line with, with Tennessee-Memphis, but that was one versus two. That was a huge deal. That was your in-state rival. That was the center of the college basketball world. You know, I remember that being the cover of Sports Illustrated leading, leading up to the game. Is this the biggest regular season game at Tennessee since then? If there's some out there that you think are bigger, please, you know, Weigh in. You could you could tweet us. Hell, you could even call and let us know. 865-546-8200. It's an interesting thought, given what's hanging in the balance. I mean, there's been games before where they've played, you know, number one ranked teams, et cetera. And, you know, just last year with Alabama, we were just talking about this the other day. Um, but, yeah, given where we are at this point in the season, not just the SEC Conference Championship, but a one seed because um, there seems to be a growing uh, – there's a groundswell of support that if Tennessee could take care of business here in the regular season, it's going to be hard to deny them a one seed over in Arizona or someone like that. There's a lot of a lot of the media that's coming out and saying that, um, for once, speaking on Tennessee's behalf in a positive way. Um, so, yeah, I think – I think that's an interesting comparison. Have to dig a little bit. That's that could be the biggest regular season game, just given the timing of things. Well, Tennessee's never, you know, been this close to a one seed. I don't think. I mean, you may, maybe maybe there's a year. I mean, I know we were a two seed one year. Maybe there was a year that we were close and and had a big gigantic matchup that we lost, and and time has just kind of erased it because you lost it, but. When when you have an SEC championship, when you have a one seed, your program's first ever. When you still have the hope, you know, going back to the conversation in the last couple of days, when you still have the hope that this team could be the special one, and that if you can get these accomplishments on the way to set yourself up to have that special run, like they're magnified now because you still hope. Any of the regular season games in the past, outside of the of the Tennessee-Memphis one didn't have as big of a payoff. I would say Tennessee-Memphis, you know, is obviously in the conversation just because that was your program's first ever one seed or number one ranking. So even knowing that that season didn't end greatly, 
I don't think that th- those memories taint how big that game was in 08. So there might be a bigger one, but it feels like this might be the biggest since. And that's what, 16 years ago? Biggest regular season game in 16 years. Biggest Tennessee-Alabama game oh. of my lifetime. I would say there would never be a bigger one. I don't know why I felt I did a little scouring last night of previous games with Alabama, and for the for the weirdest reason, I feel I I, I was going into it. I felt like Tennessee uh, was Alabama had their number, but actually, when you look at their head to head, it's pretty it's pretty even, quite honestly. Short of a they had a route in twenty seventeen eighteen where in Tuscaloosa where Alabama won seventy eight to fifty. Um, back when John Petty was playing and others for for Alabama, the it's been pretty even. Um, I, I was gonna say, it, actually, in the last seven games since that blowout, uh, Tennessee has won four, Alabama three, and Alabama won three in a row. You're right, though. It does feel a little bit more lopsided, but it shouldn't because, yeah, I mean, the last two times that it's felt like a big game, you know, maybe it's just because – maybe this is biased because they've been in Knoxville and, you know, you've you've been in this arena and you've you've had the home atmosphere. But, like, the those two games felt pretty big. And maybe the return felt big for Alabama down there and they could say they got the best of you. I, I don't know exactly what the situation was. I just keep I just, for whatever reason maybe I was associating it with that seventy eight fifty loss I was like hadn't we gotten run out in Coleman before but beyond that game the the answer is no yeah yeah I mean I just I remember the Kenny Chandler year where where Fulkerson's sick going into the game and and Tennessee quite frankly blew that game they were up most of the entire game they were up and just couldn't close them out over the final like two minutes. Alabama just made plays that Tennessee didn't. So I have confidence to go down in that arena. I have confidence that this team is going to go down there and and know what's at stake. That's the good part about having these these veterans. For as much as Vescovy, as much as Josiah maybe drive you crazy when you watch them on offense, they've played in a lot of big games. And I also don't think that it's a coincidence that the last time you went to Rupp Arena, you had Josiah kind of set the tone early. You had Josiah be your best player on the court that night. And Am I expecting him to have that outburst tomorrow? No, but I think you're going to get a good offensive game from him. I think you're going to have him locked in. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. We'll continue the conversation. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Looking back at the 08 season, Tennessee, I guess they would have had to have been in the conversation for a one seed on that Saturday in the SEC tournament at 29-3. and And then they lose to that Arkansas team, 92-91. to I remember being gutted after that game. It was a hard loss. You won an SEC championship so badly. It's kind of crazy looking, you know, like comparing this year where you have six losses and you're like, hey, you know, 
should be a one seed and got a pretty good shot at a one seed with six losses. Then looking at that year where you're, you know, have four losses going into the dance and you were a two seed. And, and you were also, uh, so the one seeds that year Carolina 32 and two, Kansas 31 and three, Memphis 33 and one. UCLA thirty one and three, so my God, just top of college basketball. I don't know if like the scheduling was different, if you know teams were just more loaded, and I don't know, but that, that's crazy that you had four teams with three losses or fewer. So I guess it makes sense that Tennessee at four losses would be a two seed. I think that was that SEC tournament, as I remember it too, was just it was chaotic for sure. I think the final was Arkansas and Georgia, if I recall correctly. It was. Uh, that was the year of the tornado, and they had to move it from the Georgia Dome over to Georgia Tech. And the other thing I remember about that Arkansas game was um, Jawan Smith and then Arkansas coach John Pelfrey talking trash to each other constantly on the court. You could see them, like, yapping at each other and just thought it was interesting to see Pelfrey kind of get pulled into the, the mud like that by one of our players. I am retroactively 16 years mad that we got matched up with the 32 and two North Carolina as our one seed. Like, why the hell didn't they just at least send us to like the South with Memphis and set up a rematch? We had taken our chances in that game. Then we could have drawn Stanford as a three seed instead of Louisville, a red hot Louisville team with Rick Pitino. Yep. I'm retroactively mad. I don't know how I felt when I was 18, but I am retroactively mad about it today. And I remember watching that game, that second-round game against Butler, and if you recall that one, I mean, they went to overtime, so obviously it was a close game, but I I felt like Tennessee absolutely just escaped with their lives in that one because Butler just wouldn't let them off the hook. Do I remember it? I went to it. Did you really? I was there, Birmingham, Alabama, with my boy Justin, his brother Josh, and my friend John, his cousin. The four of us went down there. Which was really cool as an 18-year-old, like a senior in high school. You felt yeah. like you were doing something pretty cool for that. Yeah. But, yeah, I was there uh, Was there for the Butler game. And then we watched a little bit of Blake Griffin and Louisville the next game. And you were rooting hard for Blake Griffin because you didn't want to play Louisville. And then you saw why. <laughs> yes. Then you saw why the, the next round as they kind of just blew you out, dominated you. It really was a hell of a season other than the way it ended. Is that as close as Tennessee's been? I think it could be. I mean, we may have talked about this the other day. The the 2019, uh, I think Tennessee, what might have cost them there, didn't they lose the last regular season game to Auburn? 84-80 to 80 at Auburn. <clears throat> got the Kentucky win in the <laughs> SEC tournament, which was epic, but then turned around and got smoked in the finals. Yeah. <clears throat> I think maybe that you're right. I, 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 I'm, I'm of the mind maybe that 07-08 team was really the closest we've gotten to it. So when you look at the stakes, you got everything you need here for this game against Alabama to, to be gigantic. Win out, likely get the program's first ever one seed. Do you feel pressure? Is it just excitement? Because I'm not going to lie, a couple weeks ago, it felt like this one might be a little bit more house money. But I think you thought maybe Ole Miss gets Alabama. And I know you keep talking about Florida getting Alabama, but like if Tennessee loses this game, you lose the 
the air of controlling your own destiny, right? You you lose the air of invincibility or whatever. Like you're going to be at the mercy of Florida next week. And I still think Florida can beat Alabama. But like the the idea of house money, it sounded better 2 weeks ago when you looked at the schedule as a whole, but when you get down here and you're like, okay, these are there's 3 games left and after this one there's only 2 games left and and you have to win out and you have to have Florida do you a solid. That becomes a lot more dangerous because I don't feel like we've had a good track record as Tennessee fans of other teams doing our bidding for us. I tend to agree. Um, We're pretty much in agreement that if Tennessee wins tomorrow night, they take care of business in South Carolina. For SEC conference purposes, doesn't really matter what happens against Kentucky. Obviously, we want to win because we still want to have ambition for a one seed, but Right, there's no way they can lose the conference title if they win the next two. Correct. Correct. They they lock it up with, by winning the next two. But like I'm just having PTSD uh, to to Ed Orgeron not being able to punch a ball in from the one yard line against Florida in 2016. Like you had what three chances, four chances from the one yard line, you couldn't do it to help you win the SEC East. They fail. I'm having flashbacks to the entire 2019 basketball season where you're just waiting, hoping LSU could drop a couple games, and they just, for the most part, don't. They survive an overtime game against against Florida the final week. You, you're hoping they drop one. They win 79-78 at Florida. They go on the road. They win at Alabama. They beat you in overtime. They beat Kentucky on the road by two. And just all these chances of, of having them drop one, they just they keep winning. And then yeah, nothing will ever be as bad as as the as the two thousand sixteen season where you, you got a scheduling break finally. You you got a gift from literally the gods. They brought a hurricane through the south and and moved the LSU-Florida game. And they forced Florida to play at LSU. And you're like, thank you, God. Thank you. Yeah, you know, there might have been some damage to properties. And I don't know, maybe a couple lives lost. But you know what? We're finally on the right side of it. And instead, Florida goes on the road and beats that LSU team. Just spits in your face. Just spits in your face. So with all that being said, I, I'm saying Tennessee, it doesn't feel like they have house money tomorrow at Alabama. It feels like they have to do it themselves. I would agree. I would agree. It would be a happy uh, development if Florida can take care of Alabama next week, but can't count on that at all. If you win tomorrow, you set yourself up to only have to win one of your next two games to win the SEC. You'd have a chance at South Carolina at home against Kentucky. It would take you to basically a 78, 80% likelihood that you win the, the SEC championship. It opens the door to winning an outright SEC championship, which would be Rick Barnes' first one of those. It would be the first time, which is kind of crazy when you consider the amount of success we feel like Rick Barnes has had here and the amount of success he's just objectively had. Never been the one seed in the SEC tournament, right? We've never been the one seed, correct? 
I don't think so. The year you won the SEC championship in Tampa, Auburn was the one seed. Right, A&M took them out. A&M took them out. You and Kentucky were the two and three. Now, I think you would have had a good chance to beat that Auburn team, but you weren't the one seed. The, the year you, you won a share of the title, Auburn was the one seed that year, too. The only way South Carolina, even though they're only one loss behind, the only way they really can win this is they would have to count on, like, a Tennessee losing twice. I don't think that's accurate. I, I think I think they just – I think if they went out – I think if we beat Alabama, they control their own destiny because they, they're only one loss behind Tennessee – they get Tennessee at home. They would yeah. then win the tiebreaker over Tennessee. So, like, no, if if South Carolina's rooting hard for Tennessee to beat Alabama because then, you know, you are going to go into South Carolina and it's going to feel like a de facto SEC championship game for them too because right. if they're able to win on Saturday. That's right because I was thinking Alabama would have the tiebreaker against them. However, they'd have one more loss. Correct. So, they wouldn't. So, um, yeah, because – Alabama crushed them in the regular season. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. It's like for Tennessee, this really, you know, uh, Polinsky mentioned it yesterday uh, that that's uh, and that's what I had heard too about the mindset of the team. This is like a tournament now. It's like they they really are playing. They have to play that way. Each game it keeps escalating. Well, if they beat South Carolina, then they can. It's then it's playing for a one seed. The SEC title will be in hand. Oh my God! Can you imagine if if Tennessee beats Alabama and, and South Carolina beats Florida at home, and then all of a sudden you are going on the road for another? Yeah, that that's draining. <laughs> that's draining. And you know, you talked with Polinsky yesterday, and you asked him about getting back up for the game, and he's kind of like, you know, you hope that the veterans just they're, they're ready, they know what's at stake, and they fire themselves up. But like that that that'd be the third emotional game in a row. Auburn was a, a war. I don't think Alabama's necessarily going to be physical, but it's going to be one that, that's intense. It's going to be draining. You're going to be tired after the game, regardless. And then you have to go back on the road to South Carolina. Is that game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Do we know? South Carolina? Yeah. It's a Wednesday. Okay. So at least you get a little extra day of rest. Yeah. Not compared to them, of course, but just you're not having a quick turnaround of get back, get back from Alabama, go on the road again to South Carolina. Well, South Carolina's got a tough one tomorrow. Yeah, they play Florida. Yeah. They play Florida at home, and, and I think Florida wins that game. But, you know, I thought I thought South Carolina was going to go to A&M and lose. And they didn't. They went they went to A&M and won. They're, they're staying alive in this race. And, you know, someone, someone agreed because, you know, we, we were talking about the SEC title odds yesterday, and South Carolina was 29 to 1, and then – I went back to check last night, and somebody had bet them down to twenty to one. So somebody had put a little money on them to take those odds, which kind of makes sense, I guess, when you look at the scenarios. It does feel like a better chance than than twenty nine to one. Oh my god, I don't even want to think about that. So you're you're relying on Florida twice. Come on, Florida, do us a solid. I'm a big fan of San Francisco. Come on, coach. Be good. Be golden. Get the job done. But all eyes on Tennessee. I guess the good news is South Carolina, Florida is at noon, so at least you'll have an idea. And hopefully, hopefully Florida's taking care of business and you can just go all in on like, hey, win this game and you're most likely winning an SEC championship. I don't want to think about the Gamecocks. They're so gross. 
They're so gross. So the fact is, the game being at noon, that's the upside, but the downside is now you got all day, you got to agonize and... Yeah, if South Carolina beats Florida, you go to that Alabama game, and you're like, "Oh man, this is just step one of this. You got you got to win. Yeah. You got to win two now. That's going to be tough. <laughs> Damn it. You also would be on the line to like go from one seed to three seed in the SEC tournament. Not that it would really matter, but that becomes more stressful. It's March Madness, man. You sleep in May, right? That's what that's what John Rothstein says. It's true. Which I never really – I mean, it sounds good, but, like, bro, the season ends, like, the first weekend of April. You could sleep for most of April, too. Sleep April 8th, I guess, doesn't have the same ring as we sleep in May, but you really need 30, you know, 20-something days to come down off of the championship weekend. John, relax a little bit, guy. So, Sam, well, you know, you've got a little bit older – set of guys over here a little bit will you be watching that noon game tomorrow yeah south carolina florida yeah you yeah, have yeah. better things to do no i'll be watching that. Now, he's a junkie it's a better question to ask me i'll be watching it well, typically I'm... i wouldn't watch a saturday noon game of of two other teams but it's championship time and i do like watching this florida team play i don't want to keep yeah, acting I like, like a, yeah i don't want to keep acting like i'm gator chomping all the time but like i, I do like watching that florida team play I think they could make a, a run in March, honestly. Like, you know, FanDuel gave me a handful of free bets, and I ended up having like a fifty dollars one left, and I, I I took a little flyer on them to make the Final Four. Final Four, really? Yeah. What it was, was like? like a, it was like a fifty dollars free bet to win like nine hundred. But do you like, remember the odds? It was on like nineteen make, plus nineteen hundred. Like the Sweet Sixteen. Do you know what that odds? Those, was? They usually don't release those until the bracket actually okay, comes yeah. out. Yeah. For the most part, it'll be Final Four or like one seed. You can bet on them to be a one seed, of course, but yeah. that would be throwing money away. What I'm struck by with those two teams, they're both very good, uh, South Carolina and Florida. They Think about it. Honestly, I still feel this way. They don't really have players that are names in any way, shape, or form. They're just good. Mm-hmm. You know, they, good team ball. Yeah. I mean, Alabama's got Sears. Tennessee's got Connect. Kentucky's got a bunch of guys. These guys, they have talent, but there are a lot of guys I've never really heard of, but they're good. Um, you know, and they're well coached, both of them. Golden and Lamont Paris are having great seasons coaching wise. So um it's definitely it's a that's a game of interest for sure. Well, Florida's my second favorite college basketball team right now. Are they really? Oh, just for Well, yeah, play. yeah. They're well they I have adopted them, yes. They 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 almost did us a solid at Tuscaloosa, you know, last week. We need them to do us a solid tomorrow against South Carolina. And we we need them to to beat Alabama at home next week. Unless Tennessee just takes care of business and goes 3-0. and Going 3-0, and Sam, sounds a little bit easier than going 4-0, and right? Always does. Sounds a little bit easier. Before the Auburn game, Bob, we were talking about going 4-0. and Now that's down just to going 3-0. and It's true. And we were talking about the Auburn game being, you know, hey, we took care of business. It's like you don't win that game, you don't even continue this conversation for the most part. I mean, you could mathematically, but it would have been very tough. Feels like a football game yeah. in, in terms of my level of excitement and, and nerves going into it. That's good. It's March. We sleep in May. <laughs> or April 9th. Or, not to take a turn in negative town, but. Whenever Tennessee loses in the tournament, maybe maybe the middle of March. Who knows? Maybe we sleep. Uh, maybe we sleep in round two. Nah, it's happening, man. It's gonna be April. Hour one of the books. We'll kick off hour two with some things you missed from yesterday. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio.
a brand built in Tennessee.